Welcome to Playing to Win, the podcast about life with a disability. Now, last episode, we had Candace Kennedy, our co-host, on, and we were talking about her life and how things have changed for her in the last 18 months to two years. And we thought we'd do a follow-up from that story because it's a unique story. And I've got her mum, Deb, and her brother, Connor, joining us tonight to talk about the other side of Candace's story and how everyone works through the issues that occurred when Candace started losing her eyesight. And hi, Deb, how are you? I'm good, Tim. How are you? Pretty well, thank you. And Connor, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm alive. Uh, good to hear it. Good to hear it. So tonight we're talking about Candace's journey from the last probably 18 months or so. And I guess I'll start with you, Deb, because you're Candace's mum. But my first question is, when did you first start to realise that Candace was struggling with her eyesight and so um, obviously knowing that Candace was playing um, a few sports and I was her coach in softball so I started to notice things weren't quite right out on the diamond and um, she was normally a, a very good hand-eye coordination player she is was a good batter she would hit home runs very good around the diamonds at stealing and running. Noticing that something was wrong, but we didn't know what. Um, she wasn't hitting the ball very much. So we had to get her to start in softball. There's a thing called a bunt where it's just a very short hit off the bat. And we, we started to get her to do a lot of that because she was quick, but it was more so she wasn't hitting the ball properly. And... Um, it led from that to us going backwards and forwards to different optometrists because she was saying, you know, she was getting headaches. Um, and that, that would have been at the start of um, probably when she was 16, 17, like it was really starting to affect her game and affect little things that she was doing. So she went from pitching to catching and, and again, she was missing a lot of balls coming into her which was very unusual for, for Candice. Um, and as a coach, you, you have one point of view and you, you try and, you know, help your player. But as a mum, I was having a lot of um, difficulties trying to work out what was going on. The thing that I, mean, I would like to add to that sort of weirdly enough about that situation where she was having um, eyesight problems to begin with was we were taking her so, to so many optometrists. She was taking to so many optometrists. They all were saying the same thing just wear your glasses or oh these glasses aren't right for you clearly here's better ones or here's different ones and so what ended up happening was for a while especially myself and my father were having this sort of almost girl cried wolf reaction sometimes so like okay yeah. well you're not wearing your glasses so that's what's causing the headaches because that's what the optometrists are saying would cause the headaches there was like the want to believe her because she's saying she's in pain and she's someone we care about but then there's also the don't want to say didn't believe her, but there was almost like we almost didn't think there was actually yeah. anything wrong. Because no specialist was saying anything that was actually no. wrong. And this is the problem here is that optometrists don't really know how to diagnose these sort of things. And the average person 
probably wouldn't know that you've got to go to an ophthalmologist to go and do that sort of thing. So you were all watching this happen to her. She's saying, I'm getting headaches, I can't see. You're going to optometrist and they're saying, well, we can't see anything wrong. So what'd you do then? So what happened then was they, they said she had an astigma. So we were trying contact lenses. And I know Candace spoke about the game where she was uh, at third base and, and this ball flew past her head and she didn't move. Funny enough, I was actually at shortstop playing with her at that stage. I could not believe that she actually didn't get hit by that ball. So the player that hit the ball, we'd, we'd gone to America with this player and she's over in America now playing. She's an absolute brilliant player and, and the yeah. ball didn't even take less than half a second to to go past Candace. I think we should take a moment to say just how terrifying that was when that ball went past her head because it almost sounds like oh she almost got hit in the head that's pretty scary like no she almost got killed that day like that yeah yeah at best concussion and facial reconstruction surgery. <laughs> so immediately after that happened, you took her off, right? She went off the field, yeah. did she? Look, yeah. We took her off the field yeah. and the A-grade coach at the time, his his um, wife actually said to me after that game that I should take Candace to an ophthalmologist. And that was the first time we'd yeah. actually heard of anything like that. Strangely enough, it, it didn't happen straight away because Candace at that stage was just, I'm not playing anymore. I just... For her, it was all in her head. It must have been psychological. So, you know, it, it had been a good 18 months probably of going backwards and forwards and, and her normal that she was starting to believe was normal was she just would have a blind spot type thing for her. Yeah. So the first thing that she did say was, I see the ball. I then can't see the ball. Then I see the ball again. See. And of course, we're all um, looking at her like she was weird because just before she actually didn't see that ball coming at her, she was in the batting box and we could really, really see the struggle she was having swinging. So, you know, she's watching the pitch, pitch to her and in her mind, she's saying, I can see the ball when the pitcher's got it and then I can't see it. And then I see it again when it's already over the plate. So she's swinging what we call really late and just keeps fouling off these balls. So she's, when, is that in front of her? Yeah. Yeah. So the funny thing is like when you, when you talk to Candace, um, the thing was there was no way for her to be able to really tell us what was happening because you can't, your only point of reference for what you can see Mm. is what you can see. So she didn't know that what she wasn't seeing was weird. Like she yeah. wouldn't know how to describe it, or how to pass yeah. it on. Yeah. She couldn't even really identify what was happening. Like she mm. knew there was something happening, but there was no way she could identify it. So in a way, she almost was kind of like, well, it's, it's not really worth mentioning because this is, I guess this is just how people see or how I see and that's normal. So that, that was kind of one of those roadblocks in the way of actually trying to sort of... Um, figure out this issue that was leading up to, you know, the batting box and the ball going past her head was yeah. that this was obviously happening already, but, you know, either she mentioned it or didn't know how to describe it or didn't mention it. And it's obviously come ahead when everyone realized in that moment on that day, we was like, oh, okay, so this is actually now a problem. Mm. Not because just... no matter what anyone could say, she wouldn't have let that happen. There's no, like, it's just a thing. You could tell she had no idea. She was in that position and it was like a scary moment where I guess was the day that you started to go, well, we've got to do something else. And I want to say this at this point, 
anyone that meets a vision impaired person, the first thing they say is, well, how much can you see? Right now, if you ask me, I've never seen anything more than what I've got. And if you ask Candace, she might be able to tell you a little bit more about that because she's seen everything yeah. and now she sees a lot less. So probably now that she's been through everything she has, she could probably describe it pretty well. And I watched her play tennis today. I think she's learned where her blind spot is. And I think she knows how to work with what she's got. She's learned really well. And she's so quick and <laughs> she's so lethal when she gets, like when she gets her opportunity, she's that, She's a ferocious player. She's learned to use the tools in her drawer. Also, you know, I, I always love telling people that um, Candace got her driver's license after <laughs> all of that. And oh, did, um, did she would have got her driver's she, license after that happened. After yeah. that happened, oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's <laughs> like right. we didn't. Yeah, we didn't get her tested for like her eyesight till years later. So when this incident occurred, it was just like she's gotten the driver's license she's moved house to a different state lived living in darwin for a while i was quite proud of her you know and driving was probably the most freakiest thing to um look back finally on. look back on and, and see that she really could not see so <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the, the, the thing that's almost like a a shot to the to my pride is that i've crashed the car more times than she has <laughs> and she was yes, so, yes candace but, was the better driver so, uh, at so least she got at least she got her opportunity to prove that to you connor <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, she reminds me when she gets in the car with me how good that she was at driving yeah, yeah. Uh, and she'll backseat drive yeah. and I constantly have to ask can you even see what you're telling me to do she's like Connor I know you're doing it yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I can feel it I can feel yeah. it <laughs> it's yeah. funny so, so she had a driver's license for how long uh, well, she got her P's. Um, she wasn't far off getting her proper license. Oh, so, so almost three years. Two and a bit, yeah. You know, she went from here to Darwin and Darwin have different laws. So she didn't have to go. It's um, a, a little bit different in Darwin with the way that they transition. But it was more so the night driving. She just really didn't want to do it. And she figured that she had night blindness. So that was her first, yeah. I'll go and check that out. She's, she's come back home to SA and, and driving me one day. And, and the way she was holding her head, trying to see them, she's basically looking sideways out the door while she's driving. And I'm, I'm looking at her going, well, what are you doing? And she said, mum, I yeah. told you I can't yeah. see too well at night time. This is how I see. And she was using her peripheral. And yeah. we know that now, but at that yeah. moment, I was like, you need to pull over. It was the softball thing all over again. Get this girl out of here. And I thought, we'll do it in the daytime. Let's see what she does. And she instantly done the same thing. And I was like, nah, yeah, you know yeah. what? Yeah. We've we got to get you diagnosed. So she's so, not noticing the deterioration as much as you're no, noticing it. Absolutely. Because like the weird thing is, right, we're noticing her, her mannerisms change very suddenly. Yeah. Obviously, to her, what's happening because it's deteriorating, it's a day by day thing. So, like, you know how on your birthday you don't feel a year older, you just feel a day older? Yeah. To her, her vision was only as good, if not slightly worse, like almost not even noticeably worse than yesterday yeah. and the day before. So, she's not noticing that compared to four weeks ago at that time, mm. her vision has deteriorated severely because her point of reference was, well, I could see like this yesterday, and I could obviously see like that day before. Mm. So it was one of those things where it's it like, like when you don't see someone for six months or a mm. year and they've changed and you notice it, 
and then you see yourself okay. every day and you just think, oh, yeah, I'm just going like that. So, That's right. okay, so you've said to her, there's a real problem here. You should probably shouldn't be driving a car. I, I, I did say that to her. Your typical child doesn't want to listen to you that much, but <laughs> she, she was scared. She had a, had a moment in the car. She thought, you know, everything was fine and she could come across this little section near the lights and... She said, looking back on it, Mum, she was lucky she nearly, she wasn't killed because it was a truck that she misjudged. She didn't oh, see it at all. Yeah. And it slammed on its brakes and on, on its air horns. And she said, and I've sort of pulled up at the lights, okay, but then noticed this truck was doing the skid of the brakes and stopping and looking at me like, what did you do? She said, and I had to take a moment and went, I did not see that big truck. Yeah. At all. The funny thing was the she was scared enough that she wanted to never drive at night time at that point in time. Yeah. That stopped it all together after so the truck. Before yeah. the truck happened, she, the only restriction she put on herself was I won't drive at night time because I just can't see at all. Yeah. Rather than taking the full it wasn't until that incident with the truck, which I've actually crashed into a truck before. Um so <laughs> <laughs> um I and did you see it coming? Uh, I, I saw, he's seen it coming yeah uh i i it's his fault he's yeah. the one who slammed on the brakes before anyone was, was ready for it yeah. the guy behind me almost uh you know what this isn't about me uh <laughs> oh, um, you're right the but Connor, is, we're like, interested anyway so carry on <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh we don't need to talk about the times that i've um put my mum's car into servicing that there's it's a much longer list than i think i'm proud to, <laughs> proud of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, at that time, before she almost, she didn't see that truck, she was only not driving at night. She would still yeah, drive yeah. during the day because we were aware of the fact it was, well, at least the time, the, believed to be that was a stigma in her eye. Yeah, so she yeah. thought it was just a bit of bright lights and dark lights were not good. But like on an average day, she could drive and see very well still because, again, to her, her eyesight mm. was normal. So mm-hmm. she felt she could still drive during the day until that truck incident happens. So I've been in the car with Candace while she was driving. Dad has, mum has, her friends have been in the car while she was driving. So it's terrifying to sort of look back and go, wow, okay. You guys were not to know and neither was she because you hadn't met anybody that could say, hey, you got a problem here. And interestingly enough, I played cricket with a guy called Sam who had exactly the same thing happened. He lives like 15 minutes up the road from you guys and he's, he went down exactly the same journey. So this yeah. is not a rarer thing, but if you just don't know who to ask or where to go, how can you? So Candace stopped driving altogether and everyone's way more concerned than they were before. So what happened next? So next, um, we tried to get her into an ophthalmologist, but we actually went through our GP, believe it or not, fantastic doctor. She went to see him and he was doing the normal tests that normal GPs would do. And he was asking her the questions of, is this in one eye or both eyes? And she was, it's both eyes. What can you read? And she really couldn't read very much at all. Mm, um, yeah. And my heart was sinking at this moment because, you know, you start to feel like a bad parent. Like, how could I not see this before? Like, and he sort of looked at her and he said, look, you've got a problem. I think you need to go to this optometrist that I really have a lot of respect for. He had a referral for Candice. And of course, it was a couple of weeks to get into that appointment and a couple of moments of, you know, we had this horrible feeling that, you know, what's going on? 
And I kept thinking maybe cataracts, cataracts have been in the family, this will be fine, she'll be okay. Mm. And I have, um, have had to go to interstate at this point in time and Candace has this appointment and in the back of my head again, it's like, it's, it's nothing, it's just going to be cataracts. Yeah. Like, oh, can I just ask when this was, like this was end of 2018, is that right? Or This was early 2019. So early 2019, this was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this was about March, I believe. Yeah. It was about March 2019. And the only reason I'm having that recollection is because right. I'm the one who yeah. actually took her to this particular optometrist. So first of all, we couldn't find the optometrist. She couldn't guide me. I didn't know what we were doing. Like, it was like skin of our teeth type deal. Like I'm just yeah. like, oh God, I'm taking her to this optometrist. This is very important. I'm already like shaking about thinking about what's actually going on with my sister. Because yeah. the, the weird thing is, is like, you know, is the one thought that came in my head was, is it just her eyes? Like, that was one thing that I, th I was thinking. Yeah, because like, oh, you do blow things out of, I mean, you do think the worst when things are happening like that. So you took her to the appointment. You go in there with her or did she just go in by herself? I, I went in there with her. Um, and funnily enough, we actually forgot to grab my mother's money. I literally was like, okay, Kenny, can you try and fill out this form? I'll go back home, which is about a 15 minute drive away, come back with the money. I get there and she's been able to fill out like maybe a quarter of it in yeah, that right. 30 minute time span because her eyesight's getting that bad. And, you know, I'm just like- so you go to an ophthalmologist and they make you fill out a little form, do they? Is that <laughs> no good at all? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Right? It's, it's kind of like, it's like, a well, so, you know, your form is empty. Yeah, well, the funny thing is I can't see. That's why we're kind of here today. So, yeah, she fills out the form. Well, obviously, we're waiting there because long waiting times everywhere. And we go in and it's just, I'm asking as many questions as she is because I think she's done that sort of fight, flight or freeze. She's frozen. Mm. She's not, she's kind of stiffened up. She does, she's not yeah. asking the questions yeah. she wants to. There was like, do you know what could have caused this? Is there a chance it could have been blunt force? Is there a chance it could have been blunt force trauma? Is there a chance it could be related to the brain and not the eyes specifically? Could this spawn from something that's going to affect the rest of her body? Like, will her hearing or her motor functions get affected? Like, asking yeah. these questions that I think she's doesn't necessarily want to ask because I don't think at that time she really wanted any answers. Oh, it takes a lot scary. more investigation to come up yeah absolutely yeah yeah this guy you know he picked it straight away he did say look i think you have best disease well he uh, he didn't really say best disease I'll, I'll backtrack you there it wasn't until you guys went to the people that he because he referred you guys to someone he in referred, the city. Yeah, but he, he didn't, didn't say it was something. He, he knew something was drastically wrong. Yeah, he, he, so you already had that confirmed and you knew that. He was able to identify pretty much within five minutes. Yeah, you've got a degenerative disorder inside of your optic nerve. It's been slowly being eaten away for the past mm -hmm. few years now. You've probably had it for a little while because it's pretty severe. And I can't really do much further than that because this has gone from my jurisdiction to being well out of my, like this is well out of his range of what he's able to deal with. So he had yeah. to then refer us on to someone he trusted that he thought would be able to help us. The painstaking part of it was like, okay, cool, great. Thanks for telling us, smiling, you know, shake, you know, saying thank you, shaking hands, you know, giving the money over, you know, being all like, okay, cool. Driving home and then just, then being away from a social environment, she was basically tightrope walking over a nervous breakdown at that point. Yeah, it was yeah, I'm sure. not, we had to pull the car over so she could just have a moment to sort yeah. of just bring herself 
together because it's like, you know, it was so, in one way, she was relieved because she had an answer that was starting to make sense and it was looking like we were getting somewhere. But another way, she looked terrified because it's like, oh God, we're getting somewhere. Now we know what's wrong, which means there is absolutely something wrong and that's not easy to face. She was still hoping that maybe there's some reversible thing that, that could be At fixed. That stage, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah. now you've got an idea of what it is, then it's only a little bit of time between when she really found blind sport and yeah. what she went through there. But I imagine it wasn't a good good period of time for all of you when no, she wasn't. knew what she had to deal with. Going to the Adelaide Retina Centre and seeing the professor confirming that, you know, it was uh, a best disease and, and there was umpteen appointments in between to Children's Hospital and getting the, the um, different e ECGs and a whole range of uh, field tests and, you know, at the end of it, um, they did tell her, no, she shouldn't drive anymore, which was quite a funny conversation. Yeah, um, well, to, see, <laughs> to see the professor go, definitely no more driving. Yeah. Um, but, but they spoke to us at, the, at this appointment like we knew what was going on. It was a matter of factly. I've seen this picture that clearly Candace couldn't see and on the screen was this, what I presumed looked like tumours in the back of her brain. And, mm. and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I, I had to step outside, get myself together from a mother's point of view. I, I literally had said to Candice, I've got to go and put money in the car. I'll be back in a sec so I could walk outside and literally bawl my eyes out thinking she's going to die. Like, I don't know what this is, what's happening. Pull myself together, come back in. And he's sort of like, you know, you can see this is the problem. I'm like, I can see it. What is it? And he said, oh, it's a best disease. And I'm again going, what is that? And he sort of said something. And I think the look on both our face and he's like, do you not know, have you not been diagnosed before? And we went, no, this is her first diagnosis. We don't know what mm. you're talking about. So this professor was looking at us like, oh, good Lord. How this, did you come this far without did, yeah, knowing anything? He yeah. literally looked at yeah. Janice and went, you're legally blind. And at that moment, that's hit us. So, yeah, you know, it's that um, funny moment where I was, I was literally talking to Candace the other day in preparation for uh, talking, you know, being on this podcast, talking about her, uh, what she was yeah. going through. I sort of accurately figured out was the thing that got her the most was that realization that um, she knew something wasn't right. Someone just pointed it out to her. Now she was like, oh my God, that's what's wrong. The analogy that she gave was, Imagine living your entire life not seeing what your own face looks like and everyone telling you that your eyes are blue. And then one day, you finally find a mirror and you see that your eyes are actually green. Your entire world, yeah. everyone has been, it feels like everyone's been lying to you. It feels yeah. like everyone, or it's either everyone's been lying to you or no one knows what the color green is, which is terrifying. Uh, your entire perception of yourself changes, your entire perception mm. of what, you know, people see of you changes, you, yeah. you know, but unfortunately, you know, eye color, you could probably get over that. Uh, this problem was now something that was actually going to affect her entire life moving forward. Yeah. So why? Well, forever, but she, I mean, the thing is she has adjusted remarkably well from well, where we all sit, but I mean that, what do you think, Deb? I mean, oh, look, look from that moment, um, moving forward, would have been roughly eight weeks of 
bad times and working out what's going to happen and how, how she's dealing with that and not leaving her room and 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 more days than not there was someone crying it was either candace or my mum or me someone like not yeah. taking it well at all because it's like what's it what's going to affect her socially how's it going to affect her professionally how's it going to affect her uh, personally and emotionally how's it going to affect us financially like what does best disease entail can we yeah. even afford like you know like you think like as, as, as bad as it sounds like oh my god she's blind how's this going to affect my bank account but really mm-hmm. the fear is can we actually afford to deal with this on a monetary level do we have to pick up a second job do we have to go get more hours from our work to be so able what, to help what you what you didn't realize then and until recently is that there is a lot of support out there but when you're starting from scratch you can't possibly know that and you're just thinking well she probably can't work she probably can't go out and do all these things and so when did some glimmer of hope come and what happened the glimmer of hope was uh, Rachel Leacar. So I, I was sitting at my computer trying to do some research and thinking we needed to reach out to someone for Candace yeah. to move forward. Candace's world had changed. We'd announced to our sporting friends and, um, you know, what had happened and her life and world would be different. And, yeah. You know, you know, we're exiting from our softball, our rugby, our, our, our everything else that we were doing at the time and needed some time to move forward. And Candace thought she'd never play sport again. Like, yeah, let's be yeah. very clear. We, we had this thought of that's it, you know. And, and I thought, well, Candace can sing. She's got an absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. little voice. Candace had been singing yeah. to herself for years at that point. Like, since she was, like, 10, everyone in the house... And even, you know, extended family and friends had all told her, wow, you've actually got a really nice voice. And already without any training, you know, you've actually got a pretty decent ear for tone and, you know, pitch. And she could sing pretty well. When her eyesight went away and she was like, well, I have nothing left to do. Obviously, mum being, you know, the the smartest person in the room is the one who can see the most obvious answer is like, hello. (laughs) The smartest in the room, Dan. I am now. Yeah. <laughs> she she is literally the only reason that we are a functioning family at the moment. Oh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. And uh, it's not and he doesn't say that because he's sitting right next to me. No, I I know. I know. You should hear what I said say what she's You're, you're actually a pretty um you're a pretty amazing family all round, actually, to be honest with you. I've thank met you. met you all and spent time with you all and I've I really love being around you guys. So we we love the community that it's opened up to us since then. So We've reached out to Rachel and, um, mm. you know, I, I've literally looked at Candace and said, let's go and see this lady, Rachel Learcar. She was on The Voice and, you know, this is, and Candace is like, oh, so I've, we've had a quick moment of reminding Candace and playing a bit of The Voice and yeah. I'm like, this is her. She's going to be doing a RSB thing in Rundle Mall. Let's go down there. And of course, that first instance, Candace, we've got up, we've got dressed and Candace has got, no, I, I can't do it but I can't leave the house. I'm not going to see her. So I've gone off. So I'm, what Candace hadn't known at that stage, I'm sending emails to um, Rachel and her mum. Oh, right, yeah. I'd got a hold of their email and, and Rachel had let me know that they were looking at doing singing lessons. So I'm trying to smooth this through quite sneakily yeah. like a mother would do, you know, and, and then I've said to Candace, all right, 
Rachel's doing singing lessons. You know, would you like to do some singing lessons with Rachel? And Candice is like, oh, I might want to. And I'm, in the end, I've done the whole, is it too soon to look at my daughter and say to her, we cannot let this disease define you. Yeah. You are bigger and better than this disease. And well, not bigger. She's not bigger than a lot of things. She's better, but <laughs> she's she's, not, she's, she's small. She small. Mentally she's, she's bigger. Mentally yeah. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally yeah. bigger. I mean, physically, well, she's not I'm bigger sorry. than anything. You know, and, and Candace being quite the conscious person of of you know liking to dress very well and and look very nice. Yeah. Um, was also a factor of hers that she wasn't sure if she could again put her makeup on properly and do her hair and you know, look properly. So she had it had these whole range of things going through for her confidence and wanting yeah, to go through to meet this other person that she thought was fantastic. So I got her to come with me to Sasby. Rachel was doing a, a concert for Sasby, and that's. That's basically where it started, that I finally got her out of the house to come to this Sasby concert, yeah. meet Rachel, say hello, say hello yeah. to her mum, and then say yes to the next week to go to singing lessons. Did you want to explain to the audience at home what Sasby is? The so, South Australian well, School for Vision Impaired Children. So yeah, <laughs> And so when was that? When did she meet Rachel? Right. It was a Sunday. It was it was it was around April Sunday, and the other reason okay. was Sunday yeah. was because I was working that day. And of course, in in the lead up to um, Rachel, they asked about Candace, so they knew that Candace had been a, a top sports person, had mm. you know always played sport, and this was her thing she would do in the shower. And and um, Rachel started discussing with Candace that his sporting life isn't over. They, you know, Rachel was became a mentor and introduced her to some people that she knew. And the very first outing Candace actually went on was to play bowling that led to Candace going to tennis. To, to tell you the truth, Tim, we, we've rocked up to tennis this night and Candace is so excited and she loved it from the get go. But the perspective from what I've seen was, you know, I've been her coach. I've gone places with this child. She's been state coach. Of, she's played state. We've gone yeah. to America. Yeah. I've watched her come in to play tennis this night and, you know, my heart sunk. And at that moment, I again went through these emotions of how bad am I? Like, I'm... She goes out onto the, the court and I'm watching everybody and I'm like, this is not my elite daughter. This is not what I'm expecting to see. This is, mm. yeah, you understand. know, I'm, I'm seeing for the first time her disability and her mm. trying to hit something with the full knowledge of what's wrong with her now and looking at everything mm. so differently. And I'm sitting in this little corner wanting to be by myself and these two wonderful ladies are trying to welcome me and talk to me and I yeah I really wanted to just cry at the same time thinking how I, I felt like an elitist I was like oh my god and then but you hadn't and, seen you hadn't seen the full picture at that time had you no no and I mean it was her first night and she was a bit worried about things and and, and the whole reason my whole attitude changed more than anything else was I was watching everybody and I'm thinking, 
God, they're doing some amazing things. Like started to watch everyone else, not yeah. not Candace. And we're sort of in the car, and she was like bumping around, and I'm like, "What's going on, babe? How'd you find that?" And she's like, "It was really good." And I literally sort of, you know, took a deep breath, and I'm like, "Did you enjoy that?" She said, "Mum, I loved it." And I'm driving along, crying, thinking, "Oh my yeah. God, yeah. she just yeah. loved that." Because it's a bit of a, it's. A- it is a thing, like if you're an elite sports person and you go and you see a whole bunch of people that are doing, not seeing the ball and all this sort of thing. But yeah. the, the thing with any blind sport is there's set many levels and oh. that now you realise that it, you know, it takes hard work just like anything to get good at something oh. and, and go. The, the realisation, Tim, and, and the knowledge that I now have for, for this community and the ability that yeah, you guys yeah. have got with with your sport and what you do. So on that, on that drive home, did you go, oh, that Tim Haggis, what a legendary, what a, not bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, told I don't know if I was even there that, that day. She with you. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know if uh, I was there that day. They got not, home, I don't remember it. When they got home from the first day of, ten, like, from playing with you for the first time, they would not stop talking about you for at least <laughs> oh, a good three yeah, that's, that's right. It was just Tim well, this, Tim that. Actually, you know what, though? In all seriousness, I remember meeting you for the first time at the tournament deb and yeah. you came up and introduced yourself to me and you said then and we started talking then and then you you said to me how you used to get grumpy at candace when she couldn't see the ball coming and you were, i said don't worry about it remember that was the first comment i don't know it was almost was the, first the first conversation comment. we had but things it have was. come things have come a long way since then and oh. I, I guess because this interview is about your lead up to that point where Candace because yeah. now she's a national tandem bike champion and a national female tennis champion. And although things aren't necessarily easy for her in all aspects of her life, she's got plenty to grab onto and a good community of people that love her and want to support her. So yeah, you've got to take something from that. Yeah. You've got to take everything from that, Tim. Uh, from, from the moment, like I said, that, that first initial oh, my God, you know, she's not playing like the girl I know and she's going to hate this and she yeah. loved it. Yeah. She then went, on, on, Mum, we're going to go and look at this bike riding as well. And, and that was, as she said, her story on that was just amazing to see her getting up at half past four in the morning and wanting to go out and ride that bike. She had the athlete's passion to, to, to get up in the early day in the morning. And if she was like, even if she was grumpy the whole way through, because yeah. it was four thirty in the morning, yeah. she had that that drive yeah. that yeah. is incredibly hard to find in a lot of people. But, I mean, a lead athlete would know how that feels, I suppose. Look, an elite athlete that literally um, the the discipline in the sports are so different, but um, the discipline she showed yeah. was even more so than she ever showed when I was coaching her or when I seen her, you know, she, she was a top gymnast. I know she didn't talk about that. She, she literally was a top gymnast that was looking at the Olympics. She yeah. went to cheerleading and, and was looking at what she wanted to do there. And I n- did not see her perform as much as she has since she is now yeah. involved with this community. She was the best female rugby player in her division every single year. She played rugby for like four years, I believe. Yeah. And she was the best player there every single year, every age bracket, every type. She played league and tag. 
and she dominated on both fronts. <laughs> and still we didn't, you know, you know, that gymnastics, softball, she tried baseball for a while, was good at that as well. She, I believe she actually, didn't she try AFL like for a year? Done well. No, she wanted to. She tried soccer and let's be real, she was terrible at soccer. Yeah, yeah we, we found were, something we she was We were so bad. happy. <laughs> I was happy. I was personally very happy. I'm good at soccer. So I was really happy to find out she was bad at soccer. <laughs> got one. Got you. Know. Got you. Yeah. 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 But you, you got your own set of talents, Connor. Don't worry about that, mate. I wouldn't. Well, if I didn't have any talent, this podcast would go nowhere. I'm the editor, by the way. A little peek behind. Yes, me. we've I'm the we've <laughs> we've plugged you a few times. So there's our. I think we're almost out of time. But I just want to say this in closing. So today we were all playing tennis in the uh, warehouse today, yep. and Candice hasn't played a lot of tennis in the last six months, really. Like so, really when we right. when the Italy thing was cancelled. We all went our separate ways and she, you know, had other things going on and things like that. But come out today and, like, she's improving all the time. I don't think it's unrealistic for her to be aiming at number one in the world now. There's two things I would, I, I, in, that, in that vein I wanted to mention. Um, the first is that with Candice, what was interesting to see was her coming into this. She was an elite athlete first and then a blind athlete second, which yeah. I think is part of the reason why like her disability is almost practically in, in a sense, it's almost, it's almost a non-factor because she brought in her skill set. natural, like she's naturally a good athlete. Yes, and then she's yes. tempered brilliantly by people like mother dearest here um, and other coaches that have helped her along the way and her yeah. own determination and her own confidence that she has when she gets mm -hmm. out there. But I was actually at uh, tennis with you guys today. You were, of course you were. Nothing but net from you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. the thing that I loved watching and seeing was that for the first time really in this past year and a half long period, I saw Candice more comfortable and happy than I think she was even before. Yeah. this all happened to her because yeah. i don't i i the way she was laughing the way she was yeah, yeah. enjoying herself that at one point she 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 hit the net three times in a row and by time three she literally fell onto her knees going why <laughs> um and it was great seeing her be i, I guess i want to say be so human because she felt so human she didn't feel like just an athlete mm -hmm. she didn't feel like just a just someone with a disability she didn't feel like she wasn't her sport. She wasn't her, her disability. She was, wasn't her, you know, any of her issues. She, in that point in time, was just Candace with her mates. And it was yeah, good to see that. Yeah, now that's what's I, fun about it. It is. And I, and I would like you guys to know, um, at one stage, we, we have had a recent trip to the hospital with Candace during our, our lockdown. And um, she was talking to the doctor and the doctor was saying to her, you know, she felt... You know, Candice's story was amazing. She said to Candice, you know, what do you make of where you are at the moment? Would, would you trade anything to get your sight back? And I'd gone to get a drink and I was standing on the outside of the curtains yeah. at this stage and took a deep breath as a mum thinking, oh my God, why are you asking my daughter that? She's come yeah. so far, how dare you? And Candice, without a, a, without a hesitation, literally said, I would not trade my sight now for anything because of the community I'm now with. I mm. love my community. Cool. So if that's anything 
for anyone that's met Candace and for me as a mum, and I still get choked up when I remember yeah. that she wouldn't she wouldn't have her sight back for for anything that she's got right now. So well, it is incredible that's because if someone asked me the same thing, I'd, if someone said, "Oh, what would you give to get more eyesight?" and I go, "Well, actually." That's not something I think about at all. I just think about yeah. what I've got in my life and all the things I've got. I managed to get, you know, a pretty good life put together with doing all that. And Candice has too. I mean, yeah. she's like, she's okay, got to negotiate her study environment and her work mm. environment, but she's got a partner, good partner, yeah. and she's got sport. Well, she's got a great partner. family. You know what I mean? So she's got them. <laughs> I'm glad mom followed that one. Yeah, she has got a good partner because this could have been a very revealing episode if she didn't say anything like that. Yeah, well, she's got a good hang on a minute. Just we would edit it out anyway, wouldn't we, Connor? <laughs> edit, he, yeah, just edit. Yeah, just like, has, but not even like, just, just ad lib over it, like just audio that's not fitting. Oh, yeah, can't, yeah, Dave's a pretty yeah. good person. And it just yeah. doesn't fit at all. It's like, they clearly edited that. What did she actually say about this guy today? <laughs> <laughs> Things are coming, coming good anyway. So we've got lots to look forward to. And thank you very much for being so open and honest. And I think this will be something that hopefully will put a good tag on it so that people understand that this is about an inside story about how to manage. Even though you, it was hard, you've, you've negotiated a pretty, pretty hard road and you should be proud of it. Thank you for tuning in to Playing to Win. We hope you will join us next time. Search for our podcast on the Australian Disability Sport website, australiandisabilitysport.com.au. Follow the updates on Australian Disability Sport's Facebook page. Thank you. And just remember, we're all playing to win.